all we're saying is that we went out, we had a great date, and uh, I got awesome laid, sex. and it was awesome. <laughs> that's all we're saying is that. That's all AJ cared about, really. Great thing. Hey, I knew what was necessary. If I take care of her yeah. language, love languages, yeah. she's going to take yeah. care of mine. And, and took care of it, and it was. Was it a chore good. when we got no. back, and was it a chore? No, not at right. all. I had such a great night. Welcome to the Dream Big, Play Bigger podcast, where we show how we created a powerful and successful marriage after military service. Now, your hosts, AJ and Jessica Richards. Hey guys, welcome to episode five of the Dream Big, Play Bigger podcast. Today, we're going to talk about date night. Ah. <laughs> Uh, so a couple weeks ago, Jessica and I, um, went on a date. We've been pretty busy. We want to make it a regular thing Friday nights for us because our week's over. We both work a lot, got a lot of goals and stuff that we've set for ourselves. So Friday nights just kind of seem to work for us to be able to set that time aside. So a couple weeks ago, we went on a date that turned out to be just a really awesome experience for us. And, you know, we're still learning kind of to get in a flow for each other on what, kind of, um, you know, brings us closer together. Last weekend, we ended up having um, a bunch of stuff going on, so we weren't able to do the date night that we'd like to do. But we want to share with you the the experience we had a couple weeks ago. And, um, you know, we feel like once you find something that works, you should ride that out for a while until you need to change it up because you'll develop some closeness and some experiences together while you found that thing that works that um, just gives you momentum and lets you start connecting. So, um, yeah, so we set a time aside Friday night. We went out and uh, we started with dinner. Well, I'd like to say, like, usually when we go out, it's movie, mm-hmm. dinner, I mean, nothing um, – where nothing for us to really connect. So when reading his needs, her needs, one of the really big things he discussed was again, setting date night, but actually not, not going and doing movies or something, but actually doing something that you can, um, connect together. Right. Yeah, totally. And I'll say that on, at the beginning of our night, I made a phone call on our way to dinner and I was kind of really self-aware of how much time it was taking me away from being with you while we're driving down the road. So like really, I didn't want the call to go that long. I know that um, my calls never are as short as I want them to be, so I shouldn't have made the call (laughs) at that time. But as soon as we got to where we were at, I ended the call and made a commitment that like, that's it, I'm done with the phone. And so I actually just turned my phone off because it's mine that usually... Gives the most notifications. And then if I fall into that, then of course you're going to fall into that just to kind of, because you're not going to sit there and watch me. No. And then that's kind of where it escalates. So what we experienced was really awesome because the, you know, phones are incredible. I love the fact that I can get a hold of you anytime. Right. And at the same time, when I'm with you, I'm not connected to you because I have this phone that's right there. It's a distraction for sure. And it's something... For a long time that we usually just sit on our phones. Right. I mean, I know we are guilty of it so much. So yeah. this time we wanted to really focus on us 
and putting away the phones and having that connection. And man, was it an amazing experience. Yeah, so we just put intention behind this, the date night. Like, okay, we are here to connect. And so, you know, we, we have been those people where you sit in a restaurant and yeah. you look around and everybody's yeah. on their phones right across from each other. and Not even like conversing. No. Yeah, no engagement with, with your date or, or whoever you're with. So I shut my phone off. We went to a taco place in Gilbert. Joyride Taco. Yeah, Joyride Taco. We, we loved it. We liked tacos. But here we are sitting at the bar together having a drink, having some tacos, and because there was no distractions, it really just allowed us to talk. We ended up talking the whole time. And when you've been married for 15 years, to just visit is really, to be in this position where you can just visit with each other is really awesome. And you might be listening to this thinking like, I mean, honestly, some of you guys, if you're honest with yourselves, you might be thinking, like, I really just don't have anything to talk well, about. Well, that's exactly what I thought before is if we didn't – because I've heard before, you know, just put your phones away. But I thought, wow, if I put my phone away, I'm not sure that I could really have that much to say. <laughs> How honestly. can we carry a conversational – carry on a conversation after this many years, which is a sad thought, yeah. but – You could. I Because you can talk to anybody anytime yeah. all day long, but um, I can't. Yeah. And I think really the truth is, even if you can't, it, you need to practice. If you're really committed to your relationship, oh, absolutely. then the problem isn't that there's nothing to say. The problem really is that you haven't given yourselves an opportunity to connect with each other in a long time. Yeah. And dude, I'm saying like, I've since we've come out with a podcast, it's been really cool to get the feedback that we have from so many couples, people that we know that have listened and have given us some feedback, you know. Uh, positive feedback and also constructive feedback on like the, the setup. Like right now you guys are listening to us on a microphone that's a, it's a decent microphone, but we can get better. So the feedback we are getting is constructive, but we're, the other feedback we're getting is, and I'm just going to be honest with you guys, it's the wives. We've gotten more questions and, and, and wives saying, hey, thank you, we're, I'm having a hard time. And so if you think back to, I think, a couple of podcasts ago where I just said, guys, we're a bunch of egos, mm-hmm. especially if I'm talking to the uh, the military, police, or fire world. I mean, we do that job because that's our personality. But at the end of the day, you will – I'm telling you, when you connect with your spouse on a way that Jessica and I have, the thoughts that might be going through your head about what am I supposed to talk to her about for that long – won't even matter. Like those, those thoughts, they're meaningless because the connection you have will give you so much drive and so much momentum through your day because you'll find that your spouse has your back, but you got to connect. And most women have these different needs. They Mm want to feel wanted. And for them, feeling wanted is that you're listening to them. You actually care to have a conversation. Um, for men is obviously mostly physical for men. Yeah. And, but we're also learning that, um, through this book and, and our conversations and getting to know one another better that, that guys, it's not just physical because I've, I've always thought for AJ is just about sex, literally just physical, that there was really no connection that he needed. But I'm learning that that physical is his connection and it's not just sex. It's, um, what I'm looking for. Well, it's not just sex. Like if, 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 uh, 
your spouse is willing to, you know, give it up for you, that's not enough. You need yeah. to feel the connection. Yes. And so really what, what being able to shut the phones off and really engage with each other was turned out to be is it gave us the opportunity for me to give her what she needed, which was my full attention. Yes. I mean, I had zero distractions, none whatsoever. Once I turned the phone off, it was all about her. And that made her feel special, made her feel the way she should feel yeah. with me. My number one love language is quality time. Yeah, quality time. Mm -hmm. It was top two. Quality time and then um, acts of kindness yes. or something yes. like that. Acts yeah. of kindness and quality time. So um, having quality time with AJ is hard because we're both so busy and he's always on his phone, distracted, working, talking to people. So for me, that was that was awesome. The, the connection, the conversation, mm -hmm. um, it... It's crazy because I feel like we had such a great week after that, too, just because... Oh, yeah. It was such a great night. I mean... the sex was good. <laughs> yeah, the sex was good. That's because... No. We had great connection, which yeah. led to me feeling like it right. was good for... You know, like, I, I feel like guys don't realize how much work they need to put in. You got to prime for, me in. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and normally I would say... That's not, you know, I would normally say that, man, nothing's going to work. I'm just, I don't yeah. have, that's not, you know, that's not my desire. But that night proved me wrong like that. Yeah. I really do need that because that made such a big difference for us. Yeah. For you, for me. Right. Um, well, it's also. Setting the night, setting the mood. Like, yeah. yeah. It's also a culmination though. So it wasn't like we haven't been working on ourselves or our relationship. Right. We went out, turned our phones off one night and everything was awesome. That's not what we're saying at all. But no. what we're saying is make things like this a habit, make yeah. them part of your routine in your relationship. And you'll be surprised at how fulfilling every aspect of your relationship can become. And so we went out, we had tacos. We, um, just talked about different things. Uh, you know, really, it's like, yeah, it's like small talk, but small talk with your spouse is really valuable because it gives you a chance to kind of get a, an idea of what, how their week was, was and what they're up to. And it'll lead you into an ability to, you know, here's the thing. When you have dreams and hopes and things you want to want to accomplish together, together yeah. you're going to guard them if you don't feel protected. You're going to be afraid to share what you really want out of life if you're not connected to somebody. It's like you're only going to tell your friends what you want to do. You're not going to tell a stranger what you want to do because you want to protect it. Because what if they're like, well, that's stupid. Well, if you don't have a relationship developed with your spouse, you're going to protect those true desires that you want to see your life to be because you're afraid that they won't connect and that they might get shot down. And the way for them to not get shot down is to be connected. Because when you take the time to really get to know your spouse again and again, and again, mm -hmm. that's just what it is. Yeah, constantly changing. Yeah, if you if you look, if you want to have a marriage that lasts 50, 60 years till the day you die, it's a constant rediscovery of the person you married. Yeah. So they'll have an experience happen at work that's going to change something about their mindset. And not in a bad way necessarily, but they're evolving just like you are. They might have a failure at something, they might succeed at something, and if you're not around and not connected to have them be the person that you share that with, you're going to get left behind. And then all of a sudden, you drift apart. Yeah. You know, there's a, a lot of sayings that if you're not um, 
working towards something, then you're drifting. Like if you're not in motion forward, you're going to drift away and your relationship is no different. So when we spent that time and even it was just little small talk, you know, we didn't make any major plans or, or that conversation didn't lead to some big decision, but we just connected. We spent time time. together. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I heard really good advice too. If you, if you're unsure of how it'll go, if you put your phones away, um, Someone said, make a list of questions Hmm. because sometimes there's things that you don't even know about your spouse that you'll learn by these questions. Yeah. Do something fun. Come up with 10 questions. Ask each other questions. Yeah. You know, it could be anything, but, um, have a starting point. And then from there, I guarantee that it'll just, it'll, it'll flow more conversation. Yeah. And I would say that, you know, we didn't talk a lot about anything, like the kids or anything that brings up stress. No. If, I would say it's that... It's more like hopes and dreams, yeah, traveling. Exactly. Create, yeah, create possibilities together. Don't talk about all the things that stress you yes, out. Yes, you don't want to do that on date night because you want to set a good tone for the night. You want to have a good a good evening and enjoy yourselves and reconnect and um, just yeah. have a great night. Yeah, and, and also because most likely you guys already have been talking about the stresses yes. throughout the week. So that Friday night or whatever that date night looks like for you, that's your chance to put that other stuff to the side and really just get to know the fun side of your spouse and, and the creativity and the ideas and the hopes and the dreams. And if you connect that way, you'll feel more confident in sharing those. So we went out, we did the tacos, and then I think we came straight home, right? We came straight home and we had a debate. We can, we've got this office in our backyard that's uh, air conditioning. It's kind of a, just a separate room. And so we had a debate whether we were going to sneak to the back room <laughs> and not even let our girls know we were home so yeah. they wouldn't bother us. But ultimately, we decided to go in and kind of get comfortable and ready for bed so we could just relax. Um, but we told the girls, Date's not, date night is not over. Pretend like we're not here. Nope. And don't bother us. <laughs> don't bother us. And they did. They complied, which was great. We appreciated that. Um, and then we just hung out in the office and continued the conversation and just had a great time. Put some music on. Again, we didn't put TV on. I would say that that'll be a distraction. If you put television on, you're no longer engaged. So, you know, look, if you would have told me this, if I was you listening to this two years ago, I may have a hard time accepting the advice. And I would have been an idiot because I, we went through what we went through. So you have to kind of give up what you think you already know. And if we can help be that guide for you, then we're telling you, do this and get that. If you don't, you're going to get what we got, which was a marriage that wasn't working. Oh, yeah. That's just the way it goes. Um, some of the ladies who've come up and talked to us, they're just, you know, it's sad to see because I can see where I was as their, where their husbands are. And I can see the path to uh, the path to enlightenment. I can see the path to everything I ever wanted, and I can see how foolish I was to think that I would have never, that I wouldn't have gotten this, or that I could have gotten this without being willing to give up the things that I thought I knew. So, yeah. again, to, to speak plain English, my love language is intimacy. I could be, I mean, it, that's just that's just me. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of guys. Yeah, and it's a lot of guys. So I'm just sharing from from me, that's my love language is I need physical touch. I need intimacy. That's how I know my wife loves me. That's how I know she wants me. 
that's AJ's number one, and that's my last one. Yeah. <laughs> that's number five for me, and that's number one for AJ. So that's the thing is everyone's different, and we're on opposite pages, and we're making it work because we finally understand and figure it out what each other's love language is and what we need to fulfill to make them feel fulfilled. Right. What and we need to do to make each other feel feel fulfilled. Yeah, and we've said it in the past that – you just need to be the first to make that move. Yeah. So if that's what this looks like, if you're the first to turn off your phone, do it. Turn it off. The other thing, too, is that it needs to be reciprocal. Um, we're having a lot of conversations lately where one person is very interested in trying to work things out and the other one isn't for different purposes. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you that while it is possible to make an impact on a relationship if just one person is willing to make those changes, it doesn't sync up until you're both in it. It just doesn't. And generally, if one person's making those changes and the other person isn't, they're probably sacrificing some of their deep needs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, who knows how long that's going to be able to last unless that person just completely gives up wanting anything and becomes fully of full service, which is possible. Which can work too. Yes, it can totally work. But you got to be willing to give up what you think you know and search for other other ways. So while we're definitely not saying our way is the only way, we are just sharing with you guys what worked for us. And And we're still working. It's never going to end. I mean, we're still... Um, have disagreements or right Mar- marriage is about work you're yeah. in a partnership you've made a big commitment stay to that commitment stay in the partnership and always work on it I mean there's there's we, we'll have conversations where we both feel a little bit of um, anxiousness building up or a oh, little yeah. bit of like frustration maybe and then we have to both remember to pause and say okay I'm willing to let this go. This podcast, for example, I wanted to talk about something else. Jessica wanted to talk about this. And I have to remind myself that I'm that guy that will keep pushing until I get my way. And so I said, okay, great. This is a great topic too. Let's talk about that. And it's okay with me. Um, So you just have, there's got to be this constant recognition that you're both working on it. And if things are not going the way you want them to, so what? Back off, be willing to give up a little bit. Give and take. Yeah, and then ultimately you'll end up getting what you want. I mean, she's answering my love languages. I'm answering her love languages. That's another book we haven't – I actually haven't listened to it, but we took the love language test. So when she says number one on my list and number five on hers, there's actually a quiz. If you Google love language quiz, you'll be able to take it. And I I asked her to take it because – I was trying to figure out what more I can do for her, and she doesn't know how to tell me. Yeah, I wasn't really sure what my love languages were because I think we were so disconnected for so long that I just wasn't even sure anymore what would make me feel secure and loved. And so, Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of had an idea, but I'm just like, man, nah, not sure because for a woman, there's a lot of different things too. You're all but, crazy. Yeah, we are. We're crazy. <laughs> You know, because there's security and um, there's financial security. Yeah. There's love languages. There's yeah. Acts of kindness. There's 
uh, physical touch. There's, you know, there's so many different, there's about five specific love languages that have been identified that can kind of answer the majority yeah, of them. It gives you, you take this test yeah. and it will list your top five in order. Yeah. And so we took it and number one for me is physical, physical touch. touch. And number five for her is physical, physical touch. touch. So yeah. we are on completely opposite ends of the spectrum. Now, if I would have saw that two years ago, I would have given up all hope. Yeah. <laughs> I would have been like, great, that's never going to happen because we weren't doing the things necessary. I would have thought that there's just no, how can I close that gap? Yeah. Well, the truth is, if you're answering your spouse's love languages, you're closing that gap. You're closing the gap, and they're going to want to answer yours as well because they get it. Yeah. And so, and then the other part of it is, even though it's not her love language, I still feel like she's connected. Like it's something that she's not just doing for the sake of doing. And I know I've talked to a lot of you, so a lot of my friends that are men, that we don't like that. Ladies, believe it or not, if you think that you're spouse or your partner just wants sex for the sake of sex, you're wrong. Yeah, and that's what I thought for yeah. the longest time. I'm just like, well, we're, you know, we're having sex, so what's the problem? Yeah, what and, more do you want? Yeah, and and it wasn't nearly the quantity or quality that he would expect anyway, but I just didn't understand because, man, I didn't think he needed that connection or affection. And I'm not an affectionate person, and I don't need that. So it was really hard for me to understand that that was something he needed. Yeah. Especially just because I just look at it as, you know, it's just sex. Right. Why Why do you need that connection? But I, I get it now. And, yeah. And that's that's why it's so important to understand what your spouse needs because – Physical touch, maybe maybe your spouse really doesn't need that connection. Maybe it is more about sex for them. I really don't know. Everybody's different. But for you, well, you need I, that connection. I would challenge that and say that if somebody's listening to this and you think that all you need is the sex, there's probably areas of your life that are not working. Unless for that male, that man, the sex isn't their number one love language. Yeah. So if intimacy else. is your number one love language then it's not just sex. It's about the connection. And that means your spouse or your partner needs to be engaged with you. You, I need to feel wanted. Yeah. Like I need my wife to, I need to feel like my wife wants me sexually in order for that to be fulfilled. She's been willing to, uh, I'm using air quotes here, take care of me because she was thinking that that was what I needed, but yeah. it's not, it's not fulfilling. And believe me, some We've had to come to some understandings that sometimes it is just about him because we got a lot on our plate. I'm busy. He's busy. Yeah. I'm working full time. But I also understand now there's also a need there that needs to be met. And I'm making sure that need is met. Yeah. So we are kind of going off on a tangent. And, yeah, we, and, we are. <laughs> and I really, I really want to do, you know, kind of a series on the topic of uh, love and intimacy in your relationship because it's such a big topic. Yeah. It's a big um, component. Of a big component. Yeah. Yeah. All we're saying is that we went out, we had a great date and, uh, and I got awesome laid sex. and it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we're saying. Is that That's all AJ cared about really. Great thing. Hey, <laughs> I knew what was necessary. If I take care of her yeah. language, love languages, yeah. she's going to take yeah. care of mine. And, and took care of it and it was, was it a chore you. when we got no. back and was it a chore? No, not at right. all. I had such a great night and yeah, it ended on such a great night, and that's that's why I wanted to talk about it because I really didn't think we would ever have a night like this. Yeah. 
And the night like that ended up with an amazing week because we were so connected. Right. That right. we were just, oh, it was, it's just crazy. It's, it's kind of mind-blowing because I never, one, thought we could be in this type of relationship or being at this point. Yeah. Um, with all the struggles we've been through and kicking myself that we didn't do this sooner. Right. Although it's hard. It's so hard. It's hard um, putting someone else before you sometimes. Especially yeah. when your needs not being met, it, it, it kind of gets, uh, well, he's not doing this for me, so I'm not going to do that for him. I, I get it. We've both been there. And, oh, I, yeah, I wish we would have done it sooner, but yeah. it was a really great date night. And we are going to make that a habit because it set such a great tone for days after that just yeah. because we had such a great time. Right. Yeah. So that's uh, that's the what we wanted to share with you guys and this episode was about how to have a successful date night, which to bullet point it, I guess, would be turn your phones off. If you're not sure what you're going to talk about, prepare them, like Jessica mentioned, with questions, things that you would like to ask or know so that there's nothing wrong with preparing to go out on a date and have some things to talk about because it's the result in the long run is what you're working towards, not the immediate gratification. And like I said, for us, we'd already been working on it. We're yes. already in a really great space so that for us, it kind of just naturally flowed. But if you're just now getting started and dating is one of the things, dating your spouse or your partner is one of those things you want to start with, then be prepared for it. Yeah. And and you guys will have a good time. Um, do you mind if I just close out with what we were talking about earlier? No, since it's not a big... Okay, so we're both very committed that what we bring is actionable topics, things that we can share with you, bullet points that you can actually take action on. And I feel like we did a disservice in our last podcast. We're new to this, so thank you for those who are here in the beginning. Um, but we are committed that we give you real information. And the last podcast was about um, hobbies. And I really feel like I didn't go into enough specific actionable items about hobbies or what we're referring to about hobbies. So I'm just going to be totally direct and and share with you that when we started dating and get, got married, what will happen is you're willing to do anything for your partner, you're, especially when you're dating. Like it's the honeymoon phase. You're like, cool, I'm down. Like, oh, you love football games? So do I. You'll everything. Who you really are kind of goes out the window because you're in this process of trying to win somebody over, whether right. you know or are aware of it or not. Which is what? Remember on one of our podcasts when you said, how did you change after military? That yeah. was one of the things. Is, right. Yeah. You you always spent time with me. You were willing to do whatever I wanted to do. And that was one thing that changed is hobbies. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, it, and it, it's just that way. And that's not, it's not wrong. It's normal. But knowing that and being aware of that is where you'll have power and communicating that. Right. So, um, one of the things that I really enjoyed doing when we were dating is playing video games. Oh I was a huge game nerd. No, not we weren't dating. That, and married. Well, dating and married. Yeah. Marriage. Yeah, totally. So I, that was my hobby. That was my pastime to the point where I had like four TVs in the basement with a couch in front of each and we had Xbox network together and I had guys coming over all the time. Guess who wasn't getting laid? This nerd. <laughs> so yep. that's... And, and, and staying up all night and yeah. games and, oh, and so it drove she, me insane. So she wasn't engaged in that hobby. Her hobbies were scrapbooking and there was no way in hell I was getting into <laughs> scrapbooking and crafting. Yeah, we should do that. Yeah. yeah. And so 
really what you need to understand. And, and so some of you guys are huge football fans. Guess what? If you want your marriage to work powerfully, you might be able to limp along and have this kind of stuff or whatever. But if you have not already, if you're struggling, let's just put it that way. If your marriage is great and football's cool and you got neither of you have any real complaints and you're honest with yourselves about that, good. Forget what I'm saying. I'm speaking to those who can't figure it out. You're on the verge of divorce or your separation or whatever because things are not working. If you have not established the habit of hobbies together, you need to start there. You actually should stop doing any hobbies with anybody else except your spouse if you want it to work. And I know how daunting that sounds, believe me, because you know there's a lot of differences between men and women. And I'm not saying that you can't go back to that, but if you're struggling, you haven't discovered the way to connect with the number one in your life, which should be your spouse, then you need to give it up. If you've got girls' night outs that are normal and guys' night outs that are normal, but you two haven't figured it out, you get you you need to stop them. I mean, that's just straight up what's gonna gotta happen if you want that powerful relationship. You need to find those together. And and um, double dates are fine. You can go on doubles because now you're still with your spouse, but make sure that your spouse is part of that conversation. Because if you guys end up going off and you're now hanging out with your boy and she's hanging out with her girl, you're not getting that opportunity to connect. So hobbies, when it comes to hobbies, that is one of the crucial points to grow. Jessica started um, CrossFit with me. And when she started CrossFit with me, that was the first actual hobby that we had together in our entire marriage. We were already married by for like six years, maybe four or five years. I can't remember. Oh, it was after Layla. Yeah, so... six weeks after our our um, youngest was born. Anyway, so it was we'd been married for a while, and we had not established any hobbies together whatsoever. I mean, we were polar opposites on almost everything in yeah. terms of going and doing anything. Well, she started CrossFit with me, and that experience gave us something to start talking about. And it was very, actually very powerful for us to be able to talk about our workouts, as simple as that might sound. Yeah. Workouts for the day, how I felt. Oh man, I got my first pull. I mean, we were able to start celebrating that together. Yeah. And I think you were excited because it was your world. Yes. And you got to introduce me to your world. So yeah. I think that got you even more excited because I I remember every night I'd look at the workout and I'm like, what's the burpee? Yeah. What's the back squat? <laughs> like, I mean, I came from... No sports, never lifted a weight in my entire life. So I didn't, it was completely foreign to me. So I'd look at these workouts and I didn't know any, I didn't know what wall balls were. I didn't know any of this stuff. So, um, you know, every night I'd I'd be asking him, what's this, what's this, what's this? So, yeah. 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 And so, you know, and look, if she tried it and didn't like it, well, then move on, move on, find something else. That doesn't mean you can't go work out, but don't make that. The thing oh, that takes you away. Process. I'm just saying, any hobby in general, find right. something that works for both of you. Right. So, but what I'm saying is, I'm not saying if CrossFit doesn't work together or if going to the gym doesn't work together, we're not telling you to not exercise. We're just telling you to just find, find a hobby you can do works. together. And yeah. for us, that's what worked. And so it, uh, it was sort of our first hobby together and it did make a difference. Now, it wasn't the difference. We had to work on all the other aspects of our yeah. marriage because we've had many problems that we'll share between her starting yeah. CrossFit and now, so it wasn't the solution, but it did give us something to do together that made an impact together that, um, you know, at the end of the day, we could kind of hold on to. Yeah. And, um, 
so yeah, so find that hobby together and really avoid all other hobbies until you guys get that worked out right. And here's the other thing about that, hobbies in general. Dating is that time where you start doing things together, right? If you're courting and and some of you, I mean, just we have no judgment, but some people court for a long time before the intimacy comes into place. And so really the only place you get to know your partner before you get married or before you really get to know each other for a long period of time is the things you do together. And so if the things you do together that got you to know them is what basically sold you on them and after marriage goes away, you're going to have problems. So if you communicate to your partner, hey, I know we did a lot of, you know, football games together before we got married, but I just really am not into it. You need to, one, the person who's not into it needs to be willing to share that. And they should feel comfortable enough to share that openly. Because otherwise, they're going to be miserable every time they go and be resentful. But the person also that's way into the football, or what football's just an example, needs to be understanding when they come to you and say, yeah. hey, it's, I really don't love it. Can we find something that we can love together? Yeah. Don't get angry. Yeah, that, and that's the other side. If you're the other person, you need to be willing to say, okay, cool, I hear you. Let's find something else. And look, some of you guys, fortunately for me, I've never been a sports Thank fan. Thank goodness. <laughs> Except for CrossFit, and we love yeah. that. So we both watch CrossFit games when they're on, or you know, anything CrossFit, I love. But that is yeah. the only thing I so, watch. Yeah, and so I'm just saying that we never had to deal with that, because I know a lot of my friends are huge football but fanatics, the and the Xbox. idea that they would never... The idea that you would ever have to give that up just freaks you out, makes you mad. You're probably pissed off at me for even saying it, especially if your wife's listened to this and she says, AJ said you shouldn't watch football anymore. Call me and I'll tell you why. And you can even text me, message me or whatever and tell me how pissed off you are. But guess what? I'm going to have great sex tonight because I'm willing to give it up. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm saying. And so all work, guys, all we're here to do is share with you what we know that works. And it may be hard to hear. But the sooner you hear it, the sooner your family can live. And here's one thing I want to leave you with. Babe, do you want to say anything before I close it out? No. Okay, so here's what I want to leave you with. When we can help others save marriages, the impact isn't just a marriage saved. If it's possible to save it, we get that there are extenuating circumstances out there, so I'm not talking about those. But if we can save a marriage and there are children involved, the impact that we are making and that you will make by committing to doing something that you can't see, like giving up football, the impact that that will make on them, their future, and the generations, and even our country. And this is a kind of a bold statement, but when the statistics are out there and they're real and you cannot avoid them, that children who come from broken homes, unless they're, they're done powerfully, and there's ways to do that as well, you know, Chris and Heidi Powell and, and others who learn to co-parent. Um, very successfully. Very successfully. So there's, there's other things like that that are out there. What we're talking about is, or what I'm sharing with you is, those children are going to grow up in a home that really gives them an advantage to then turn around and contribute to our country. It empowers them. It empowers them. They've got mom and dad. They can go to mom for the mom needs. They can go to dad for the dad needs. 
moms that are out there that are single moms, you're juggling both. You're doing an awesome job. And it's not the same. Dads that are out there that are single dads that are that are taking the majority of the kids, you're doing an awesome job. And it's not the same. I'm not taking away from you. I'm just telling you that that's what the, that's what the statistics show. And so all we're saying is you should turn over every stone. And if that means turning off the Xbox or PlayStation, not watching the football games or whatever, that is what we're about. And that's all we're trying to share because sometimes decisions are made to divorce that could have easily been avoided if there were extra, um, I guess, extra investments that were being willing to be made. Um, so some of that might be hard to hear for some of you. I'm not taking away from any of you guys that are single moms or dads at all. I can't imagine the role you're in. I just, I really can't. I know a lot of you guys are personal friends and you are kicking ass. You're doing everything you possibly can. So I'm not taking away from you at all. We're just sharing with those who are still struggling and still fighting that if you're looking for that extra thing to fight for, make that it. So anyway, as always, everybody who can hear us, we love you. We're committed to your outcome. Shoot us an email or a message. What kind of topics you'd like us to talk about. Questions. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you next week. Have a great day. Bye.